Star Tribune's Twins Insider Podcast is brought to you by Cub. Fight the flu. Defend your crew with one stop at the Cub Pharmacy. Flu shots are available every day with no appointment necessary. Plus, you'll receive 10% off your next grocery purchase. Fight the flu. Defend your crew with a flu shot at Cub. Hi, this is the Twins Insider Podcast. I'm Michael Rand, Lavelle Emil III here as well. It is a, is a clubhouse clean-out day. We're almost there, right? I think it started after the game, man. People were packing stuff <laughs> up in boxes uh, within a half an hour of the final out. And then um, some guys were saying, I'm out of here. I think Jose Barrios was already trying to buy a plane ticket to Puerto Rico after the game uh, wow. <laughs> on, uh, on Monday. So I, I, I think uh, the process started moments after the final out on Monday, and it probably, probably took, yesterday was probably the big day in which yeah. the guys came in and got got the year and left. So I would imagine uh, when we uh, visit with the, uh, the the brain wizards with the twins here in a little bit, that uh, the clubhouse will be generally empty. Interesting. Well, it ended faster than most people, I think, predicted. I, I think if you look at the face of it, it's not surprising the twins lost to the Yankees, but the manner in which it happened, uh, not only a sweep, but three games where the final score in each case didn't end up being all that close, uh, that's got to leave some lingering disappointment after, you know, an otherwise, you know, remarkable 101 win, 307 home run season. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I think Rocco Baldelli uh, after the game, you know, stressed to the team be proud of winning 101 games and the home runs they hit and how they had a great season and won the division championship in a season in which um, I don't think many people predicted that they would win the division championship. I, try, I think he tried to make them feel good about themselves as they, uh, you know, reflected on the season right then and there. But as these guys go on to wherever they live and wherever they're going to do during the offseason, it's going to be in their minds about how they dominated at times during the regular season and all of a sudden just um, – became a different team in the postseason. And, yes, the pitching really cost them in uh, having to start Randy Dobnak in and, and, and the Bronx was not a, uh, was not a safe move. But, and, and, but, you know, the fact that they stopped hitting and they left yeah. so many runners on base. And the bases loaded situation uh, in the third inning on Monday uh, when they had a chance to kind of turn the tide, gain some momentum, and provide some hope, not just for them but to the fan base as well. Uh, it didn't go well, and it's that, that I'm sure the longer they think about it, the more they're going to be disgusted for how quickly this thing is and may uh, this uh, the season ended, and it may you know it may for uh, you know it may fire them up for off season workouts and off season preparations going into 2020. Well, I don't want to dwell too much on the, the playoff series loss. I think it's been kind of dissected that nauseum, and really nothing. Nothing went well. Uh, like you said, they, they, they didn't hit. You know, they, they hit a few home runs. Um, and, you know, everything that happened after they took a 2 nothing lead in game one, though, was, was kind of uh, kind of downhill. The Yankees made a lot of big plays. They had all the big hits. Their, their bullpen was better. Their starting pitching was better. So if you're the Twins, how do you – let's start here. How do you kind of balance between – you won 100 and, you know, 101 games in a 162-game season. You don't want to overreact to three games in the playoffs. But what, what is the way they lost in the playoffs, you think? What, what will that – how will that inform kind of 
how they strategize going forward and kind of some of the moves they might need to make uh, for 2020 and beyond? Well, I think I think uh, they're probably going to look at it, and they still have, like, a young developing core. And a lot of, a lot of those guys, uh, like uh, Kepler and Polanco and Rosario and Garver, you know, we're – you know, when uh, some of those guys played in 2017, but a couple of guys are playing for the first time, especially Garver. Uh, yep. Young core being exposed to that type of uh, atmosphere and those type of moments, you know, for the first time, you know, it was probably a learning experience for all of them. And you're hoping that those guys learn from that and develop from that. Um, I can't overlook the fact that the playoff roster included five players who have made their major league debut during the regular season for the twins. Yeah. And also if you add cave and Zach Littell, seven guys, you know, with less than a year of major league experience that sure. were in the playoffs. And so uh, I'm not saying they were thrown through the wolves, but you no, know, it's probably an eye opening experience. I mean, we were chatting with Zach Littell uh, after the game Monday and he was like, I don't know what happened when I came out in game one. I don't know what happened. He says, I wasn't nervous. I felt totally fine, you know, pitching uh, in Yankee stadium. He says, but, you know, I'm facing Aaron Judge, and all of a sudden my mind is wandering knowing that John Carlos Stanton is two batters away. And right. I don't do that. I usually focus on that batter. But for some reason, sure. I started thinking about Stanton. And I, yep. I'm usually like not like that, and that's the one thing you can see that I can't get over. Sure. And see, sure. so um, so mentally, you know, it's an experience for everyone to, to live and hopefully grow from. Uh, grow from. You know, life is not a lesson to be learned. It's an experience to be lived. And they live an experience. <laughs> Uh, in the Bronx, uh, as they fell behind 0-2 and tried to come back and salvage the series at Target Field. So I think right. uh, if you're the Twins, you look at that going, this is a, a, a great experience for uh, our developing guys, and they'll be better off in the long run for being in that situation and know how to handle it better. And it's amazing because, you know, you had Nelson Cruz who's played in the World Series, two World sure. Series, actually. You had Sergio yep. Romo who got the final out in the World Series. He got... Um, you got Sam Dyson even walking around. You know he's been yeah. involved in, in big postseason moments. Yeah, Marvin uh, Gonzalez. Marvin Gonzalez yeah. with the Houston yeah. Astros won a World Series with the Houston. They had guys yeah. there who have pitched in the postseason and played in the postseason, and they kept telling those guys, you know, it's the same game. It's the same game as it is in the regular season. And you can do all the talking and all the convincing you think you may be doing, but sure. it would not it would not resonate with a guy unless he's standing uh, on that field. You know, with the people jeering at him, uh, uh, live and in color. You know, and so it's just, you can you can prepare someone as well as they can possibly prepare. But as soon as the lights come on, you know, it's, it's up to them to perform. And you know, the twins did not perform. You're gonna write uh, motivational posters when in your spare time of uh, <laughs> twins beat writing. <laughs> I don't know, you know, just covering ball for as long as I've heard all the motivational yeah. talk and how yeah. guys could get the guys and how guys let things in their, get in their head, you know. I, yeah. You know yeah, the mind could get in the way of being a good baseball player, I've learned sure. through the years, especially yep. uh, when you're trying to win in October. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I and mean, that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, this is, this is 16 playoff losses in a row, Lavelle. I'm sure you've been there for all 16 of them, I would imagine, because you've been here for 20-plus yeah. years. Um not your fault. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying it, at some point this has got to end. So how does it, how does it end? I mean, I think, I mean, what, what was made clear this year is the hitting is ahead of the pitching. And I think they probably knew that coming into the season, if they're being honest, like developmentally, the hitters are here first, the supplemental pieces they added to the, to the hitting with Nelson Cruz, with, uh, you know, Crone for the first half of the year, at least with, you know, Marlon Gonzalez, they, they added more, 
you know, supporting cast was fortified more on offense too, and that was that was their strength. It wasn't the pitching was bad. They were eighth in the majors in ERA this year, but you know, you get down to October and you got no Michael Pineda, Kyle Gibson's uh, you know, dealing with all sorts of stuff. Martin Perez is you know, his his year has, has gone off the rails to the point that he's not even on the postseason roster. So I, I guess the big question is how do they how quickly and and how do they approach kind of getting this pitching staff and even the defense to a certain degree uh, up to a postseason caliber level where they'll be able to compete not just with bats but with with uh, with uh, with the whole game. Well, they have no choice but to uh, deal with the pitching staff because uh, they got so many defections and departures uh, on their hands here. Um, the thing that they probably look back on too from this past year is they got to do a better job of building starting pitching depth. Uh, in Rochester, guys, they can at least be serviceable or be a little more proactive in uh, looking for like veteran guys when they're available during the season to to back up the, the rotation because you know not too many teams have five starters that win ten games each and the yeah. Twins had that this year with those guys right and there was a, right. there was a time when all those guys were pitching well I mean Martin Perez for the first half of yeah. the season looked like right. to be one of the greatest free agent signings ever okay right so now you look into next year. Um, uh, Odorizzi's a free agent. Gibson's a free yep. agent. Pineda's a free yep. agent. There's an option to be picked up on Mar- uh, on Martin Perez um, at seven and a half million. You know, you asked sure. me in August, uh, I would definitely pick it up because paying a starting pitcher seven and a half million is relatively cheap. But I don't know if Martin Perez can give the Twins seven and a half million dollars worth of production. But I guess if he sure. can go twelve and eight with a four or five ERA, you know, he could be a fifth starter. So the Twins have to make that decision. So they have to put together a rotation for next year. So they're forced to be in conversations for trades and for free agents to prop up that, that staff. I think re-signing Jake Odorizzi has got to be a top priority. Uh, he was their best pitcher during the second half of the season. You could argue that Rockwell should have started him in game one in Yankee Stadium sure. um, instead of Barrios. Um, but uh, he, is, he has found his form as a pitcher um, in his second year with the Twins. And, I, and, you know, he's probably made himself a $15 million pitcher. But the Twins have to seriously consider uh, signing him. Uh, he's solid in the clubhouse. He's apparently, for all we know, he's not a diva. You know, he's not a problem in the clubhouse. He works hard. He's attentive. Um, he studies. Um, he's uh, sincere about how he goes about being a good pitcher. So I don't know why you wouldn't want that type of person uh, in the clubhouse. So um, they're going to have to sign on to read to the pair of Brios. And then they got to figure out uh, what they have in house. Can Brooks, right. Dar, Grad, Raw uh, yep. make the rotation? Not in April, but maybe by midseason. You know, because if he's throwing 98 miles an hour with that slider, and if he can uh, continue to develop a changeup, um, he could be a very, very uh, interesting addition to the rotation. And yeah. I hope I don't want to hear any talk from the Twins about maybe keeping him in the in the bullpen because you no. have slowly moved everybody into right. the bullpen through the years. Tyler Duffy was a starter. Taylor Rogers yep. was a starter. Trevor yep. May was a starter. Zach Littell was a starter. You know, they're all <laughs> they're all relievers right. now. You've right. got to keep some, some starting pitching uh, inventory here. And to me, Gratterall is at the top of that list. So Yeah, especially someone so high-end like him. If he can, you know, a guy who has the ability to develop into a actual number one ace type guy, you, you've got to give him every chance to be a starter. I agree. I agree. And, you know, this is going to be on Derek Falvey. Falvey is the pitching savant here right. coming over from the Cleveland Indians. And, you know, if you want to follow the Cleveland model, it's one hell of a model to follow because you look right. at – where they were, I think they won night with 93, 94 games. At the beginning yeah, of the year, yeah. 
Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, Trevor Barr were the top three pitchers. Kluber missed most of the season with injuries. Um, yep. Carrasco had to fight leukemia, and right. they traded Bauer. But they didn't right. miss a beat because they, they had Mike Clevenger took a step forward. They called up Aaron, Aaron, Adam Savali, who's been who's been a serviceable starter. Shane Bieber looks like he's going to be a pain in the Twins keisters for years. Um, even Zach Klesak caught, comes up, and by the end of the year, he leads like the majors in pickoffs in the first base. Sure. He's got a tremendous pickoff move, and he's functional. So they were able to, and they were yeah. able to keep moving the chains um, because uh, of whatever pitching system they have in place. So Falvey is from that. Uh, yeah. organization, and I, I think we should expect him to instill the same thing with the Twins. Um, can someone like Steven Gonzalez, you know, who had an elbow issue, a flexor mass problem that shut down his season, is he is he ready to be a serious contender for the starting rotation? You know, he uh, hit 94 miles an hour in high school, and then coming to the Twins, he could only hit 91, 92, but then working with Wes Johnson in spring training, um, Gonzalez hit 94 again, and now he was on before he got his uh, elbow uh, racked up. He was on the drive for 95 to try to throw 95 miles an hour again. So, you know, can he pitch his way into the Twins thinking as well? De- uh, De- uh, Smelter, um, yeah. can Smelter be a factor here? Um, he's the only pitcher that was able to neutralize the Yankees li- lineup in uh, sure. once in Tiger Field and once in the playoffs at Yankee Stadium. You know, he doesn't have drop dead stuff, but for some reason, he fights, and he, he figures out a way. And there's something to be said for those type of pitchers. But to, so do you give him a shot, too? you got to figure out who's a realistically a threat to be part of this rotation next year, while at the same time you need to bring in uh, above-average talent to top off that rotation. Yeah, we talked about We talked, mentioned those guys. We should also probably mention Lewis Thorpe. He's got a chance. you got – Randy Dobnik, game two starter. Where does he? I think in your right. in the big in the big chart you put together for Wednesday's paper, you kind of have him uh, not penciled in or, or in ink anyway. But he's he's got to be a, a consideration at least for you know the back end of that rotation last or next year, especially if you know the payroll is going to creep up. That a lot of these guys that were inexpensive this year are going to get more expensive next year, and so there's going to be some decisions to be made and, and where you're adding and subtracting there. Yeah, there's a, a there's a bunch cheap, of guys cheap labor. Through, there's a bunch of guys getting um, raises through arbitration, and if you re-sign someone like Olerizzi, he's probably gonna get a five or six million dollar raise from the, I think the nine something he made last year. Yep. You know, that's inevitable. The payroll, the payroll probably would be at least easily over 130 million if they make the right signings. Maybe over 140, headed to 150. They have to, they have to be have an open mind to this uh, because you don't have these opportunities too many times. And you know, I have defended the poll ads for how they've spent their money. Because I understand yep. you just can't be a hundred dollars team and start throwing money around all of a sudden snap your contender. That doesn't work in baseball. Uh, one, two, uh, free agents usually want to go where well you already have a disadvantage because free agents want to go to large markets or one of the coasts, you know. So you got yep. them to come over to fly flyover country, and three, they want to go to a place where they have a chance to win. And so yeah. you really don't have that market open to you until you get to this point. Well, the Twins are at this point. The window for competitiveness is wide open. They have to keep yeah. everything in play. Even have a conversation about, is there any way Garrett Cole could come pitch for us yeah. or not? Um, I know that's unrealistic. He's probably going to get $30 million a year, which is a lot for a pitcher. And all signs point to him going home to Orange County and pitch for the Angels anyway. So sure. um, are they, are they going to be ready to play those games? Because it's going to be long. It's going to be a drawn-out process. They're going to have to maybe come up with you know multiple offers to top three agents. Fans are going to be impatient because now players do not sign contracts now until January or February right. or sometimes right. March. 
you know, they got to be, they got to be patient. And they, it's going to be agonizing that the Twins try to uh, play with the big boys and, and be a big boy baseball franchise by trying to land a top free agent. And another thing is that uh, Scott Boris is going to control about seven of the top eight free agents. Yeah. I think it's got Strasburg, Paul, right? he's got Anthony Ren- I think he's got Strasburg, he's got Anthony Rendon, and it's yeah. going to it, 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 he likes to draw things out to the longest yep. uh, as long as possible. So right. he's he the, the free agent market's going to be held up by Scott Boris this off season. So yeah. there's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting off season for the Twins as far as, as they navigate these waters, try to put together a roster that can take a next step, and cross their fingers that these young guys have uh, have, have continued to mature, continue to develop. And you know, have um, have a chip on your shoulder after how this year finished up. Well, I mean, the biggest thing they need is an is an ace, and that's you know easier said than done, right? I mean, you don't just snap your fingers and you've got an ace. But I I like Jose Barrios. He's not an ace. He's their number one starter, but he's not an ace. Not yet. Not not in the true sense of the word. He's probably ideally, you know, if he's your second best starter, that's you probably have a pretty good pitching staff. But if he's your best starter, and he's matching up against Verlander or Max Scherzer or Clayton Kershaw, whoever, whoever is the other team's best starter, he's he's probably not as good as their best starter. So I guess how do you get that short of either spending a whole bunch of money or crossing your fingers or, you know, making a trade that, you know, our colleague Jim Suhan suggested Eddie Rosario and some prospects uh, could, could be uh, – you know, is that the enticement that that's needed to to bring one of these frontline guys in play? What, what do you what, what's your sense of the of how palatable that sort of move would be given what they've got in the minors and depth wise? Well, I, I think everything's on the table. I don't think they want to trade Gratterall, but they may trade no. uh, not uh, Jordan Balazovic, too, who's a high highly thought of a reliever, or uh, or um, Yon Duran, who also can throw in the upper nineties, but he, he hasn't even been. I think he just got the double A this year. Then we have to consider. Trade one of those guys, Royce Lewis. Are they willing to go that deep? Out of the Are they willing to put him in the package? You know, now you're now you're really getting toward the top end of the Twins' uh, prospect chart. Are they willing to go that deep? And the person you're getting in return is it for one year? Is it for three? Uh, right. Is uh, is he an impending free agent? You know, um, it, it, uh, the Twins have to. You know, I'm, like I said, I think the Twins have a lot of plate spinning during the off season, but it's gonna be you know it's gonna be interesting to see what they uh, perceive. Is a fit, and how many aces are become available? I mean, you look at the yep. teams at AL Central. Um, in most cases, they have uh, developed their own their own aces. Chris Sale was an ace. Verlander was an yep. ace that was drafted and developed. Um, yep. You know, the Royals won the World Series. I don't know if they had an ace, but they had a bunch of guys no. who were good, like number two. Yeah, and uh, had a couple who stepped up and pitched there like a number one at times during the season, and at times during the postseason. So. Um, the Aces usually end up with those super long, super expensive contracts on one of the teams in the larger market. So it's hard, man. It's really difficult. And that's why, you know, you always got to be on the lookout to add pitching inventory to your, to your, uh, to your uh, system. The, 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 the Indians got Corey Kluber in a trade with San Diego when he was like an A-ball. And no one knew yeah. Kluber was going to become Kluber then. You know, right. I mean, it's kind of like when the Twins got Francisco Liriano added on Right. To the AJ Brzezinski trade, and then everybody knew he right. threw hard, but didn't, they, he didn't know where it was going. He didn't have a good second right. pitch. But Frankie, until he blew out his elbow, looked like he was going to be right. a, an ace pitcher. You know, yeah. so I mean, you got to keep taking shots like that, taking swings like that, to see if you can get uh, someone who can blossom 
in your organization because it's really tough bringing in an ace from outside the organization, especially when you're a mid-major in the baseball world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, they're, you know, their last, you know, their one ace in the last 20 years was Johan Santana. And he's, you know, he's a rule five guy that who, you know, who, who would have imagined, you know, he finally suddenly finds a changeup and then that happens. So sometimes it's a bit of luck. It's a bit of perseverance. It's a bit of, of whatnot, but it, 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 they need it. It, it. That's, I mean, I, I I don't think they can feel good about their ability to win a playoff series until they add another frontline starting pitcher. Okay. I agree. For instance, um, when the Twins traded uh, Lance Lynn to the to the uh, to the Yankees, you know they got Tyler Austin back as part of the deal, but they were really hired, fired up about an A-ball pitcher named Real that they wanted. He was the guy they identified and really wanted to be sure. part of that trade. So that's the guy they were looking for. They were just they accepted Tyler Austin as part of the deal, but it wasn't really. Right. Uh, uh, priority for getting someone like him. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, the question is, could, do they, are any of those guys ready yet? How do they bridge an offense that's ready, you know, even if they didn't show it in those three games, how do they bridge an offense that's ready to contend for a World Series if the guys that they feel like in a year or two might be ready to do that pitching-wise? How do you how do you bridge that? That'll be interesting to see how they try to do that in 2020. Yes, it will be. Um and you know whatever advances this team make, it'll probably be based on you know how how the how the pitching staff is put together because it looks like they'll have another good offense. I don't know if they're gonna set any yeah. records. And Major League Baseball now is furious that the Twins are the team that set the all-time home run record. So <laughs> they're probably gonna do something to the baseball now more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. gonna be up to the pitching staff to make strides here. <laughs> if everybody's healthy, the outfield defense is great. Uh, Byron Buxton, assuming he's able to come back and eventually stay off the disabled list, that that looks you know you're set there. Even if even if Rosario gets moved, you've got options there. Infield defense, though, um, do you are you do you think they can be comfortable for the next half decade with Jorge Polanco and Luis Arias as their middle infielders, two guys that I consider below average fielders? They have no choice, apparently. Um... I, uh, I I think Polanco's issue, you know, was that, that that throwing motion he had for a half a season. It seems like he addressed it during the second half, but for some reason he was more accurate uh, throwing with that sidearm swinging thing that he was doing. And um, and once he uh, once he kind of perfected that, it seemed like he was better. But yeah, there's some balls he kind of chops up in the infield, and Luis Arise does the same thing. But uh, I think Arise is a capable defender and I think if he's an everyday second baseman um, you'll probably see him be a little more consistent uh, my concern is having Polanco and Sano on the left side of the infield yeah. uh, yeah. Sano's got talent I mean he can make plays sometimes he looks right. really good out there other times you know uh, he pushes the ball and that, that incredibly strong arm of his you know lets him down at times right. and I thought that the Twins would be looking to move him to first base and maybe not bring yeah. him back Crone Next year, but, you know, uh, source indicated to me last night that uh, they're prepared to go with Sano at third for another year. And uh, okay. indications that it arrives will be the everyday second baseman and they'll move, in, move on from Jonathan Scope. And they're also open to re-signing Crone. So, okay. um, so it looks like that's going to be – it looks like it's going to be the infield with Arise and, and Polanco up the middle. Really quick, what's your ideal offseason realistically? What are three things the Twins could do that, that would make you say, yeah, they – Maybe not that they nailed it, but that they 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 had a successful off season. Um, one, I would re-sign Olerizzi. 
two. Okay. I would offer Zach Wheeler of the Mets about eighteen to twenty million dollars a year, and see okay. if he can join uh, Odorizzi and Barrios in the rotation. Now you got something cooking. I don't know if they can play with the big boys for for Garrett Cole, but I think Zach Wheeler is a guy who could uh, be a capable starter and be uh, effective in the uh, in the American League. Um, also, you know, be on the lookout too on the trade market for top end starting. I would like to see one quality reliever. I think the Twins have to make the makings of a good bullpen next year. Yep. But Rogers closing, May and Duffy setting them up, and Zach Littell, you know, as a fifth or sixth inning guy, I think he can he'll be fine in that role. So, sure. um, I think if they add one veteran guy to the mix, you know, that would strengthen that bullpen even more. But it's not it's not an urgent situation. I don't, I don't think personally. Some fans would disagree, but I don't think the Twins uh, should be hard pressed to go out and like find uh, like an Addison Reed to give two years right. and $8 million per to, I don't think they need to go out and sign a, a reliever of that ilk. They can find a guy for 4 or $5 million who could just help, you know, get them to the through the sixth or the seventh inning. Let May and Duffy hand, handle the eighth and, um, and Rogers the ninth. Plus, you know, there'll be some other relievers. You know, I really like Sean Poppins' arm when he came up and had a brief debut. He's still trying to figure out you know, where the major league strike zone was. But, you know, if he comes back from this arm injury, you know, he could be used during the, during the season. I think Lewis Dorp could be a lefty reliever out of the pen next year. So they, they've got they've got some possibilities there, but they're still going to have to, to me, look for a veteran reliever to kind of top off the tank there. Um, but yeah, all my concerns is about are about uh, the pitching staff. Um, yep. Signing one quality starter, bringing back Odorizzi, and adding uh, a decent reliever to kind of – deep in that, that late-inning crew there. And I think they're cooking with gas. They really don't need much in terms of position players unless they end up trading Rosario, you know, in the Jim Suhan right. model to, uh, right. to to land a good starter. Um, I'm curious to see uh, Garver will probably be the number one catcher, but, you know, yeah. as much as people like Williams has to deal, I don't know if he uh, is, a, is the type of backup catcher you want. Uh, so I don't know if the Twins have been in the market for one of those crusty, curmudgeonly, Crash Davis type <laughs> characters right. to catch once or twice a week while Garver plays the rest of the time. Um, so, but like I said, that uh, the daily lineup really is going to be on touch. Polanco and Kepler under contract. Buston will be back hopefully by uh, the beginning of uh, uh, by opening day. Uh, Tano will be back. You know, they, they they don't have too much tinkering to do with that lineup. It sounds like they're picking up Nelson Cruz's option already for next year. Yeah. So. Um, I think the, the daily lineup is in place. The, the the key for the Twins to have a good offseason and to get people excited about 2020 is how they fortify the pitching staff. Good stuff, man. Enjoy a little bit of downtime, and we'll, we'll catch up to you soon. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Star Tribune's Twins Insider Podcast has been brought to you by Cub. Fight the flu. Defend your crew with one stop at the Cub Pharmacy. Flu shots are available every day with no appointment necessary. Plus, you'll receive 10% off your next grocery purchase. Fight the flu. Defend your crew with a flu shot at Cub.